Today's episode is sponsored by Connect Team. Connect Team is a one-stop shop for employee management, and it's a complete mobile-first solution that gives employees access to the company through their smartphones so they can find answers easily. And it helps us in HR manage employee schedules, documents, rewards and recognition, and even learning and development all in one place. We're all working in a mobile environment, so we need a system that can keep up with the fast pace of remote and hybrid work, and that's exactly what Connect Team aims to do. It's free to download the app, so check it out now to save time and make your HR life easier. I'm like filled with rage right now. Yeah. Oh my god, like I could cry. Like, yeah. It's so freaking unfair. It is. Like. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know what to say to that. It's just like you know, it sucks, and I wish it wasn't like that. Welcome to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Tori. And we're two self-proclaimed corporate sellouts who are touching base on a weekly cadence to deep dive and double click into the corporate world one episode at a time. We'll hit on all the topics you don't have the bandwidth to explore yourself and help you move the needle on living your best corporate life. Because if you're going to be a sellout, you might as well be a top performer. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Tori, how's your week going? It's going really well. It's a chill week. In my corporate world, and I love it. So good, all is good. Good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, go on. Well, I was gonna say, last time we talked last week, you were. It was also kind of a chill week, right? Yeah, because you were coming I was out in of like mode. Yes, yeah. And I thought, like, okay, I had a horrible, horrible week, and then you need like a recovery mode week, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like back to cruising. Nice. So it's good. That's yeah. kind of how I feel too. Good. Um. Yeah, it's been a good week. I've had a couple days with like no meeting afternoons, which are just my favorite thing ever. Yes. I can like go to a coffee shop. Yeah. Yesterday I went um, to a, a coffee shop by where actually we went yeah, last week. Yeah, I saw week. on your Be Real. Yeah, on my Be Real because I'm like, you know, Gen Z oh, we're like, we're adjacent. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but there's like this really nice little lake pond right next to it where you can do oh, a lap yeah. around, you know. So I did that in the That's afternoon. Nice. It was really nice. Yeah. Um. So... It's been a good week. That's Where good. would you say you're at on the sellout scale? Um, I don't know. Like, it's my job has been chill lately, but my company as a whole has been on my nerves. Like, your company has not been chill. No, they have not been chill. And oh, so like that's nobody's fault. Like, that's not my well, somebody's fault, but like that's not my manager's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. So as, as far as just like doing my job and not worrying about like existential company things, I would say I'm like at a seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. What about you? I have to say I'm probably at like an eight or a nine this week, which is higher than I've been in a really long time. Yeah. Um, And the reason for that, and this is how I can tell that I'm like meant to be a corporate sellout, is because (laughs) we had a strategy session earlier this week and it was like two days, four hours each virtual strategy session. Like that kind of sounds awful. Sounds awful. Yeah. Collectively as HR, we were like, this has been a doozy of a couple of months it was so nice to like reconnect and it was just with our team so it was like I think there's like 15 people total on the HR team and um we had like really great conversations about all of our HR processes that we do throughout the year and how we can improve them and how we can work better together we did a diversity session where we talked about privilege Um, Yeah, we had a couple of speakers come in. We did some activities, some coffee chats. So it was just a really, like, lovely way to connect. And 
I was feel it some... in the, was it in the office? No, it was virtual. That's even better. I know. How lovely. I mean, I would have loved it actually if it was in person. I'd probably be off the charts, sellout scale. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I thrive on in person interactions like that, but it was so nice um, to just like chat with everybody. Yeah. In a more casual environment, so yeah, That's I'm awesome. higher on the sellout scale that. this week. Yeah. That's good. It's all good. Good. Eight and nine is very high. That's really high. Like, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're back. Yes. Hopefully. Um, so this week, we're talking about an interesting topic. And to be honest, I didn't really think about this until I started doing research. And it was actually one of our friends yeah. who inspired this. And shout out Leah. I'm yes. just going to say yeah. your yeah. name. Um, she was recently asked to put a slide together for an mm-hmm. all hands. And she's the only female manager on her team, And right? she's, like, high up. Like, she... Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. And it was just... Yeah. It was, like, implied that yeah. she was going to do it. Yeah. I was like, hey, Leah, um, where's that slide? Or, like, where are we at on that slide? And she was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I... No, like, no one... Oh, we did not discuss adding this to my plate. Yeah. And, um, she, and like, she had a lot of other things yeah. going on. Um, it, And so it was kind of assumed that because she was, like... The younger, I'm assuming, yeah. female on the team that she was going to take this on. And she pushed back against it. And she was like, I have a lot on my plate right now. Can someone else take this? And thankfully they did. But yeah. it made me think, what are the other things that women get asked to do in the mm-hmm. workplace? So that led me to do some research on invisible labor. And mm-hmm. it turns out there's a multitude of okay. research on this. Yes. And um, it's really interesting. And I just want to kind of, I don't know if it's a trigger warning or a caveat, but I have a feeling that we're going to get on our feminist soapbox a couple of times in this episode. And if that's not something that you want to partake in or listen to, then this is your warning If you don't think that women should not have equal, (laughs) not rights, but like, well, yes, rights, but equal tasks given to them in the workplace or like there are things that are more women or man tasks like you're wrong and you can leave now yeah so that's the warning that's your, that's your warning um you probably know that yeah. listening to us you probably understand if you our made content. it to episode 17 yeah yeah <laughs> but welcome yeah. if you're new um but invisible labor it goes back to a 1987 journal article by american sociologist arlene kaplan daniels She defined invisible work as unpaid work performed in the private sphere outside of the market economy and therefore devalued in both status and validation. So this is work that is done um, outside, like above and beyond your day job, but that doesn't really add value to your day job. And nobody sees it. So nobody really understands like, oh, this took that much time extra. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it exists due to the assumption that women are just naturally better at caregiving and nurturing. I hate that. How many (laughs) times have you heard someone say to you at your job, because it happens to me all the time, which isn't a surprise to people who know me, like, you're so good. The slides you make are so, like, aesthetically pleasing. Oh, my God, you're so good at it, Tori. Like, you sit down. Yes. (laughs) Like, thank you. I'll take a compliment. If you're complimenting about my ability to make something aesthetic, I will always take it. But, yeah, like, that doesn't mean I should be the one made to do it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I think there's a bigger expectation that we can go down a lot of rabbit holes here and we definitely will. Um, (laughs) But 
I feel like if you're a woman who maybe doesn't have that skill, you're looked down upon too. That's so true. You know? Yeah. Um, like less of a woman. Yeah. Or like just or it's just filling a role that society thinks you should be filling. Yeah. It's just like expected that you're doing this. Yeah. Um, so another piece of this, I think we see a lot of um, household work that is mm-hmm. consistently found to be um, on the woman more than the man in a in a heterosexual relationship and this has translated and spilled over to the workplace yeah now women are in the workplace and unfortunately that doesn't mean that we're equal in the workplace um so what can invisible labor in the workplace look like there's a lot of these and i'm i think it's going to be interesting to hear your perspective too Mm -hmm. on like what have you seen and what have i seen and um how have we like navigated that too so a couple of just examples of quote-unquote non-promotable tasks organizing team events and office parties the events committee yep yep you think of the office like angela and um phyllis the party planning committee like 100 (laughs) percent. that is um something that a man wouldn't be asked to do no Collecting money and sending cards, flowers, or gifts to colleagues. Facing situations such as illness or loss. Um, Remembering and acknowledging team member birthdays and work anniversaries. Performing office housework. Oh, I just lost my spot. Like tidying up conference rooms after meetings or making coffee. In remote scenarios, being the one to take meeting notes and send out action items. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, these are – it stinks because, like – I'm really good at all of these. Right. You know? And, like, I I crush it at all of these. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, the, I wonder if that's, like, a push-pull that a lot of women feel. It's like, well, shoot. Like, I, like, this is a way that I can display, like, what I like and what I'm good at. But it's, like, it's so that men don't have to do it. Like, it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. There is a fine line. Um, yeah. A couple of other things too I think so like providing emotional support to colleagues such as comforting or soothing welcoming or mentoring new employees that's where I feel like um I get trapped in a lot Mm -hmm. is like I love developing people and I love mentoring and so I'll take on like a mentorship thing or um offer to do one-on-ones with new employees or or that kind Mm -hmm. of thing which takes away from my normal job it's helping the new employees but I just wonder, like, do others, do do men yeah. do that as, mu- yeah. as much? I don't for know. sure. Like, a great way for you to mentor is, like, to be given a direct report. Like, that would yeah. be a good way. You exactly. Know? Like, but I think there's, like, the, the unpaid version of that is, like, the side mentoring, the onboarding buddy, the all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you know? For sure. Um, the interesting thing about all of this, it's – so we can say all this and be, you know, kind of criticize it and all of that, but – there actually is a statistical study that found that there is um, – let me just – I need to read it word for word because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> it found – so a 2021 study on office housework, burnout, and promotion found that gender moderated the relationship between office housework and promotion such that the relationship was statistically significant for men but not statistically <sighs> significant for women. So in layman's terms, what that means is that when women do office housework or invisible labor, they are not recognized in the form of promotions, 
but when men do more office housework, they are promoted faster. Just let that sink in for a little bit. (laughs) I'm, like, filled with rage right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I could cry. Yeah. Like, it's so freaking unfair. It is. Like. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't even know what to say to that. It's just, like, you know, it sucks, and I wish it wasn't like that, and I think that there needs to be, like, you know, I'm on the event, obviously, I'm on the event committee for mm-hmm. my company, or not my company, like, my team. Like, there needs to be, like, we have, you know, a captain, we have two captains in each town, like, a captain and co-captain and Austin in Scottsdale and, like, wherever. It needs to be gender, like, not to say, like, there needs to be a man co-pilot and a woman co-pilot or whatever, but, like, who's regulating the diversity yeah. of these, ta- of these like, classic tasks? Like, I don't know how a company would go about doing that, but, like, it is all women in the event planning committee except for our executive sponsor. Exactly. Who, it looks good to be an executive sponsor. I think you get, like, a marginal pay increase when you executive sponsor something or something. I don't oh, know. my God. But, yeah. like... <sighs> yeah. Because it's like, oh, Tori volunteered. She's good at this. She She wants to do it. And I think we get trapped as women in these places where people will ask us to do these mm-hmm. things and so then we feel like oh well I need to get ahead of my career and I'm naturally good at this anyway and it's kind of fun so like why not why wouldn't yeah. I do that but then when you realize that it actually has no impact on your career um it's like why am I putting in all this extra work when I could be focusing on yeah. on actually doing things that add value yeah. to my job it's at least good that it seems like the wording of this means that it's not statistically significant that it, like, sets you back if you don't do it if you're a woman. It's just, like, men who do do it get promoted faster. Yeah. Because, you know, it stops right now, then. Like, I don't want to be on the event committee. Exactly. If I'm not, if I'm spending extra time, if I'm, like, emailing to get all these stupid quotes and all this stuff, and, like, what, I don't, I don't know, like, getting to the age where, like, I don't even want to hang out with anyone. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to go to an event. Like, right. why am I on the events committee? Like. Well, it's like what we were I, talking about last week, too, like. I just want to hang out and just do my job. Yeah. And then leave. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to go above and beyond all no, the time. Exactly. And this is an example of going above and beyond that's not adding it's not value. worth it. So, like, cut the fat, right? Yeah. Like, this is a clear way. Like, I'm just, God, I don't, I'm not normally, like, fired up and a loss for words and irritated from this research. But, I like, know. I don't know. Anyways. It, it reminds me of, like, the good dad fallacy of, like, Oh, yes. what a good dad. He's like, oh, look at that dad with his two kids at the supermarket. Yes. Wow, what a good dad. But, like, when moms Mom, do it, it's like, oh. Yeah, she's getting her food. That that's is what she's supposed to do. Yeah. And that's something that I've struggled with a lot on the precipice of starting a family and, and getting married and having kids that I've talked with my partner at length about that my, like, frustration about that concept in the home of, like, not like it's like that that's unfair that like how are we gonna do things differently we're both working parents but like I didn't think about it really Mm -hmm. and like I knew always that you know yeah they asked me to take notes because I'm a woman with pretty handwriting whatever like I like it I move on but when you get down into the statistics about it and the data and like what it deeply means yeah now I'm mad about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I wonder, too, that it doesn't talk about this, but what is the relationship if a, between promotions and office housework when a woman doesn't choose to do office yeah. housework? 
Exactly. Is she less likely to be promoted then? Yeah. Compared to her peers who are doing it? I don't know. Like, are you seen as not a team player? Exactly. And that's part of... That is part of our competency rubric that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had, like, my manager has written in my in the little box of team player or, like, team spirit or whatever, like, that about the events committee and, like, my participation on that. But, like, mm-hmm. is that just to write a sentence about it or is that actually moving the needle in, like, you know, chipping away at me getting to the next level? Yeah. Like, who, who's to say, I guess. But I wonder if you stop doing that, if you could yeah. talk to your manager about. I have. Have you? I, I've already been, like, I don't think that this is, like. I don't know. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. You should, and and say, what are other ways that I can get involved in my day-to-day work that would, that would lead me to being a team player? Like what, what other examples do you see? Yeah. It's just like not aligned to like the core of the job. Right. You know? So I don't know. Um, so a couple of discussion questions that we can kind of dive into. Love it. How can this impact women negatively? I think we kind of talked about this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Spending time on work that isn't valued, yes, and, and not receiving credit. Um, I think one that we haven't talked about is higher risk of burnout. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, like, as an exercise, you know, whenever we're burnt out, and that's frequently, and you're, like, you're thinking of one thing I saw, talked about a few weeks ago was, like, when you're burnt out truly and you just need to, like, slash things. Like, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing this. Like, yeah. You need to be looking – like, this is a great list. We should post this on our Instagram of, like, all the tasks that are kind of proven to, like, be the household tasks that mm-hmm. don't really lead to career growth, you know? Like, I think cutting those first is, like, a no-brainer. Yeah. Because there is higher – there must be higher burnout, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And it kind of – it's the same as, like, what we see with women – who are working anyway and have more of the responsibility at home. I was just going to say that. It's the same it's thing. It's like double. You do more work at the office to go home and do more work at home. Yeah. And you're probably the one who's, like, taking on more of the mental load of, like, oh, hey, yeah. team, did we do this yet? Did we – are we on track for this yet? Like, you know, that kind of thing ends up falling on the woman in the role. I don't know. Um, I, One of the, the things that I've noticed – This is moving on to kind of the next discussion question a little bit too soon maybe, but I've seen a lot of women in quote-unquote chief of staff positions. Yes. And I've learned at first when I I thought this, and actually actually I was a chief of staff too. Interesting. But I was in it as a senior advisor, which is like a pretty low um, job grade, like individual contributor. My boss kind of took a chance on me and was like, I think you'd be really good at this. Mm -hmm. She was a woman. She mentored me. It was a great experience. Mm -hmm. But I see this role as, like, I've seen women VPs as a chief of staff to a senior vice president. And I'm like, I don't think I would see a male VP doing administrative work like that. Because it is, it's like, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to bash the chief of staff role. And, Mm -hmm. like, again... I think I would thrive as a chief. You of absolutely staff. would. I, you know, yeah. But like when, especially when I was working in banking, our chief of staff and our admin were like attached to the hip, and they were like, I couldn't, I didn't really understand. I was like twenty three. I didn't know anything. Yeah. I didn't even understand that they had different job titles. One was literally an admin. Yeah. And one was, which also I would thrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, and then one was chief of staff. Like chief of staff was probably making like. 
double or triple what the admin was making, like, high up, high, mm-hmm. high up job title, come to find out, like, but yeah, like, two women, just super organized, and I don't know, but then it's, like, how do you draw the line, like, as a feminist, and as someone who wants equality for women in the workplace, of, like, there are women who like these, and women who are good at these, and, like, we shouldn't be, like, bashing women-dominated roles, but it's, like, how do you, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, how do you, where do you go from there? Yeah. When you're wanting women in all other roles, like women in software engineering, like I work in tech strategy, like how do we make it equal for us and then women who truly desire to have these roles, like as chief of staff, like go like do your best job at that. I think the question is why aren't there more men in those roles? Exactly. I think we have to flip it on its head and look at why, are, what are the reasons behind yes. why a woman would be considered for a role that involves a lot of organization, mm-hmm. a lot of sending reminders to the team, yeah. a lot it's, of keeping track of administrative things. Because it's a support role. It's support, you know? And yes. support is means literally you're not on top, mm-hmm. you know? like. And what I've found is that there's a lot of really great chiefs of staff who will never be promoted to a leader, leadership role because they are seen as someone who's really good number two. And if you're a really good yeah. number two, usually you're not going to be a good number one. Yeah. Because you're good at taking orders or at following orders. And you're good at reminding people of things and keeping your leader on track. But yeah. you're not the one coming up with the ideas. Yeah. Um, sometimes you are. Yeah. Sometimes Chief of staff sometimes are for sometimes. sure. But you're not the one like leading the execution of the ideas. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It's. It's just, like, so – I guess it's just a lot messier than I thought mm-hmm. <laughs> now that we're unpacking all of it, yep. which is literally the point of having this podcast is to dig into these issues and learn ourselves. Um, but, yeah. And, yeah, so you're saying, like, the next question is what is an example of things you've experienced? Um, mm-hmm. And you said chief of staff. Um, I I experienced this so much more in banking than in tech, which is I mean anyone could guess that. But just like the women planning, like the baby showers for you know, and of course only I don't know that the women giving birth, their husbands were getting baby showers because that's like at their jobs, you yeah, know? like yeah, whatever. But you know, being the note taker, and that was also me. I think like raising my hand for things I knew I would be good at. And not understanding that, like, nobody cared who, who took the notes. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But definitely have experienced, like, being delegated to more of the organizational. Or people just saying, like, wow, Tori, like, you're really good at organization. You know, like, you keep us all on track, which is good, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. You don't want to be seen as that as your only yes. brand. I re- recognized that pretty early on in my career when – I was told a few times, like, oh, you make the prettiest slides. Like, you make, mm-hmm. you know, your slides look so good. Can you pretty this up for me? And I was quickly like, I'm not doing that. I'm no. not getting pigeonholed into the slide no. maker. Uh-uh. No, no, no. And, you know, it's great to have pretty slides, but it doesn't matter. No. Nope. Like, when you have, like, okay, we have to present to the leadership team in three days. Like, I'm spending 0% of my time making the slides pretty, and I'm spending all of it on analysis and, like, creating key recommendations and all of that like at the end of the day when push comes to shove it doesn't actually matter which is so true that's exactly what this research says like Mm -hmm. that stuff does not contribute it's it's a nice to have you know um and I do think it 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 is better to have like a really polished I think it presents a really polished like 
tied up message when you do have really nice pretty slides but that's not the meat of it you know there's a time and place yeah and I actually noticed this today I was in a staff meeting a woman senior vice president with a male chief of staff kind of rare to see honestly um do you know what his slide looked like before the uh the staff God. meeting? <laughs> it was the email that he sent out to everyone with the bullet points. Like, that's what he kept sharing oh on his screen as the agenda. It was like pulling up the literal email yeah. that he had already sent. And it was fine. Nobody yeah. was like, where's the slide? Like, no. nobody gave nobody a shit. Because nobody would, like, expect that. No. And that's kind of like the next topic is, like, weaponized incompetence, which um, I think of this example of weaponized incompetence, of, like, failed weaponized incompetence. Wait, can we explain what weaponized incompetence is? Just in case people don't know. Yeah, it's like when you are using the fact that you can't do something and that someone else can as an excuse for them to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you're so much better at this. You should do it. It's A a good example of this is um, at home. My dad, growing up, claimed that he was bad at laundry and he would like bleach things that weren't supposed to be bleached and then he never had to do laundry well part of weaponizing competence is actually purposely demonstrating Mm -hmm. that you can't do it well so like i don't know how and i don't know accidental i don't know either (laughs) we'll never know but he like laughs about it he's like oh i got out of laundry duty because i bleached everything it's like dad that's not you're a grown-ass man. That's not yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, growing up, my sister always used to unload the dishwasher wrong and, like, put stuff in the wrong places to so that my mom would be like, oh, well, you don't have to do it. You're not good at it. And my mom, like, she always was like, uh, no, you're doing it twice now until you <laughs> yeah. get it right. So My mom always said, if you take the time to do something, take the time to do it right. Uh-huh. And that was, like ingrained in me yeah I had to redo the vacuuming one time and it like scarred me for life (laughs) so (laughs) that's so funny yep um okay so okay how does this lead to incompetence yeah weapons oh my god (laughs) (laughs) weaponized incompetence in the workplace (laughs) I think it's exactly that like take swap the laundry and add you know to slide building or like oh you're just so good at taking notes you're so detailed or, oh, you've come up with such great team builders. Yes. Like, you're so good at coming up with activities. Oh Can God. you do this one, too? Not the activities. And those take so long. Literally. And oh. I'm, oh, thank goodness I'm actually not good at that. Like, when I'm when it is my turn to do that, I struggle so hard. So hopefully I demonstrate my weaponized incompetence that I can't freaking do that stuff. Yeah. But, um, okay, so we know from what we've talked about over the past 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that this is not good. Um, how do we stop invisible labor from happening when it is presented to us in the workplace yeah so one thing I think is pretty obvious but just say no to extra work and or or question if you're the only one doing it yeah and why yeah because yeah there might be some extra work maybe everyone gets I don't know like you rotate who runs the staff Rotating, meetings. yeah. Rotating is a great option. Yes, and that's what, when I was on this team like six months ago, and we had this huge initiative launching, and we had a presentation to the C-suite of our like pretty huge company every Thursday morning, um, and it was a huge deal, and we were so buttoned up for it, and it was like a like life-altering presentation every Thursday morning, and we took turns from my VP, my senior director, my senior manager, and me. We all rotated equally. Like, men, women, VPs, mm-hmm. individual contributors. Like, whose turn is it to take notes this week? It's just a, a circle. It just yep. rotates, you know? Um, and there's no reason why. If there's a VP at a multinational company taking his turn to take the notes, who is a straight white man, yeah. there's no reason that, no, like, 
any company or any person can't also do that. Exactly. Um, and that's what I was thinking too of, about committees. They should be like a year long rotation yeah. or maybe a quarter. Yeah. And then it goes to the next person. Exactly. And maybe you can't you, do it for. Yeah. You, you can't do it forever. Yeah. Um, I think if you're in a position where you are assigning work to, yes. maybe consider who you're assigning it to. That's very true. There's a lot of women, I'm sure, who listen to corporate sellouts who are leaders, you know, yeah. who, like, are people that do have the power to change. Like, you know, at this point in our careers, like, we're right on the cusp of, like, I don't know, you're like for me I am an individual contributor I I am manager level but I don't have anyone on my team yeah like we're right on the cusp you know of like being able to be leaders mm-hmm. um and so for a lot of people that are our peers and that do manage people like this is an opportunity you know and then I think that it really comes down to like on the individual contributor side like our friend did you know just be like oh you know, did we talk about this? Like, you know, really question it. Like, am I the only one doing this? Like, can someone else do it? Why are we doing this? Is this needed? You know, like just like asking a little like leading questions, you know? Yeah. Not necessarily saying no right away. Because that's hard for people. It is. I know it's hard for me. It's not the best look. Like, you know. No. So like there's ways to say no with a question. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, And then ask your manager about ways to go above and beyond that aren't maybe outside yes. of your scope of work. Exactly. Yeah, like like you had said to me about the events committee. Like, right. what do I, what, okay, like, I don't want to be on the events committee anymore. I'm going to, like, just sign out after the, the next quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, let's brainstorm some ways together that I can still get my, like, team, you know, team yes. skills, you know, competency or exactly. whatever. Um, so, yeah. And I think that this is, like, this is really important from, like, systemic leadership point of view but you know I think there are things that we as individual contributors can also be doing so Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to really be questioning these types of tasks that they are given um and if you like doing it like there's nothing I mean do you know no harm no foul yeah be a fair good team player but just really like start maybe internally questioning and like kind of keeping count yeah yeah so that's certainly what I'm gonna be doing me too I'm already thinking about this (laughs) like what am I what have I been doing for real um so thanks Leah Honestly, yes. shout out to Leah because she inspired this whole episode. Yes. Um, okay, so inbox zero, we do have a question that I passed on last week because I didn't know how to answer it, to be honest. Um, but this is a question from Melissa, and she is looking to transition out of HR, but feeling a little bit lost. Ideas on new titles that she can research further. Interesting. Yeah, and the reason I didn't know how to answer it is because I've never looked outside of <laughs> HR. Well, that's good. <laughs> but I was thinking back, we, and we've talked about this in a couple of different episodes, but um, whenever you're looking to transition roles or make a career change, it's always best to stay within your realm of skills um, look at your transferable skills and see how you can use those in a new role, maybe somewhere else. So I think about HR, there's a ton of skills that are transferable. Um, if you're in a strategy role, it's kind of, you know, obvious like Tori's in a strategy role that's not HR driven. If you can take a big HR strategy and operate, operationalize it and, you know, put it, um, into a, a project or something that you're managing, like yeah. that's something you can do with yeah, anything, for sure. Um, let's say you're in compensation and you or you do a lot of work around pay planning or um, pay modeling, and it's 
a lot of financials. That's so transferable. Right. Like, like I used to work with HR, with our people HR, no, people HR, <laughs> people <laughs> analytics team yeah. on HR when I worked in operational risk management and finance. Yep. But I would say, like, look at what teams you're working with cross-functionally right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far out of HR this person wants to go. Right. But, you know, like, like I was saying, like, working in operational risk management, I worked with our HR people analytics and you know most jobs are pretty cross-functional yeah so yeah if you're in a recruiting role I feel like that that can almost be sales like it's almost external sales it totally is you're selling the company you're branding the company um so yeah think about maybe what skills you have and then start to look at similar skills in different careers yeah um also one thing that I've considered in the past that maybe I'll do eventually is moving into a um, coaching like leadership coaching Mm -hmm. where I am an individual consultant to a leader and you're giving that leader advice on how to navigate the corporate world and if you're in HR you know a lot of ins and outs about the corporate world and you know a lot about talent development and all of that and you can probably provide some insights yeah and that's a good like we talked about side hustles last week like that's Mm -hmm. a good thing to start like to build upon your corporate job yeah you know and to branch out like get a few clients you know after the nine to five and like you know I don't know if this person is looking for like starting their own business going to another corporate job etc but like I think that's one of those things that will naturally kind of take off Mm -hmm. you know so and I hope that and you're, you know, you get to pursue that one day in your dream life. Of... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, so yeah. Best of luck to you, Alyssa, and let us know how it goes. Yes. I'd love to hear on, you know, what you find out. Yes, keep us updated. All right, so I think that's all we have for this week. Yep. Um, so email us if you have any sellout celebrations or questions or topic ideas. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can find us on Oh, actually, our email is corporate sell- corporate at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at corporatesalloutspodcast. And I'm on TikTok at TaylorNHR. And I'm on TikTok at corporategirltory. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.